0: From the Utah School Counselors Association, this is The Sounding Board, where school counselors share ideas. I'm Nate Webb, school counselor, USCA board member, and every week I'll be speaking with different counselors and professionals that will be giving us valuable information in our counseling world. We cannot wait for you to hear these ideas. Let's get to it. Welcome back, everybody, to the sounding board for the Utah School Counselors Association. And welcome to this month's segment of Starting Little, Ending Big with our wonderful elementary school counselors. We have here with us Gina James and Elise Hansen. Welcome, everybody, to the show. How are we doing today? Good. Thanks for having us. Yeah, that's great to be here. Yeah, heck yeah. So, Today, we're talking about bullying prevention, especially as it pertains to the elementary school level. Now, a lot of these principles, though, that we're going to talk about, I imagine they can bleed into any level of education, no matter where they're at. Like, bully prevention is bullying prevention is bullying prevention. Yes. Totally agree with that. Yeah. So, what are you guys' thoughts here? Like, I have a lot of thoughts. Like, I'm actually like, A school speaker. Schools pay me to go talk and talk about social media and bullying. And bullying is kind of my thing, but my take on it is a little bit different than others. So I'm really interested to see what you guys have to say about bullying prevention, um, especially at your guys' level at the elementary school level. Yeah. Well. Here's a couple of things to me about bullying. The
1: prevention of it needs to start early on in life. That's why it's so critical at the elementary level. Bullying is a very complicated thing. Yes. It has to be taught in a very simple, straightforward way, Mm -hmm. especially, again, at the elementary level. Um, I think that, you know, with bullying, you can't beat around the bush about it. I think you need to be very straightforward about it. Um, I think when incidents happen in your school, you have to call them what they are. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we have a hard time doing that or it doesn't necessarily always feel comfortable to us. But at least I've noticed with my kids, if I call it what it is, they open their eyes. Right. And they go, oh, I didn't realize that. And I think that's a critical part of starting um, young. What do you think, Elise?
2: Yeah, well, and. And sometimes they get confused and they call things bullying that aren't
0: bullying. But, yeah. but those
2: things still need to be
0: addressed. Right. So like, like unkindness is unkindness, right? A lot of times kids will say they're getting bullied when it's really just someone might be having a bad day and they're being unkind. Like some kids are like, I'm getting bullied. I'm like, well, no, you, you got picked last for kickball and, and that sucks. But you're not getting yeah. bullied. You're just feeling sad right now because you're feeling excluded. And even when people come, you know, claiming bullying, it's a wonderful opportunity to talk about what they're actually feeling and explore their feelings. And so, A, to help them recognize what bullying is or isn't, but also B, help them to validate the feelings that they are feeling.
1: Yeah. And that teaching moment, just taking advantage of that time to teach them, like you said, what is and what isn't bullying. I think that's a critical thing.
0: Yeah. Well, and especially, I mean, what you guys said at the start—it is a complex issue. Like they don't get that, you know, these kids that are ex- expressing bully-like behavior—they they have something in their life that's going wrong that they that they're hurting in some way, shape, or form. They're trying to have some sort of control, and like the, all those nuances and the sufferings of the bully and stuff—it's really hard to understand. And. I mean, StopBullying.org is a great resource, and they have it all laid out of what is bullying. You know, the three things that has to be there for it to be bullying: for repetitive behavior with the intent to harm with a power imbalance. And so it's like, oh well, so and so called so and so said said some hateful words to me in the hall. Well, that's hate speech. I don't think I would label them as a bully, and that's hard too because once someone's labeled as a bully, they can have a really tough coming back from like it's hard for people to allow them to change and become better once they have that label as bully
1: Mm -hmm. i love that you said that because that's one of the things that i actually teach in the classroom is what i'm teaching about bullying and i teach them how detrimental it is i also teach them the importance of working with the bully and again letting those people come back and make those changes. And I think all that's really critical that you're teaching them that we can all change. We can all make better choices. And just because someone makes a mistake a few times doesn't mean that's who they're going to ultimately be or that that's ultimately who they are. And so I always teach the kids that I spend as much time with the person being victimized as the bully, Mm -hmm. making sure that that bully, you know, changes and becomes better and learns from that. So I love that you said that
0: right i mean honestly bullies are only bullies because they're not exposed to enough kindness and love in their life if you expose them to enough directed kindness directed at them they'll change course eventually but it's just a matter of that like you said that early intervention and that's thing as school counselors we want to be preventative not so much reactive and so what are some of those red flags, some of those early indicators that we need to be watching out for this person, that you know, the, the struggles that can turn into um, behavior that might be detrimental, whether it be bullying or whatever it might be. Um, what are some of those early indicators that you guys have noticed? Early indicators.
2: <laughs> I, I know some things that we can do to help prevent Mm-hmm. And some of those things, it's teaching empathy.
0: Oh my gosh, is yes. very
2: important. Um, there's a book by Michelle Borba on Selfie that has nine essential skills of um, empathy that can help. Um, and that's one of the things I like to do. Well, I like to teach empathy to all of the students, but when working with the student who's been bullying, is to help teach them empathy mm-hmm. and. A lot of them, it's really interesting as we do different exercises, how they have a hard time seeing the other person's point of view.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: A really hard time.
1: Mm
2: -hmm. To me, one of the
1: red flags is anger. If you see a kid Mm -hmm. that carries a lot of anger, and again, a lot of times that's based from things they might be dealing with at home or Mm -hmm. uh, other circumstances. So, you know, along with teaching empathy, that anger control is another thing to teach. But yeah. when you, you know, it's not, anger is not weird and it's not a bad thing. We all get no. angry. Yeah. It's not the anger that's promised. What do you do with that anger? Do you handle it in a way that, you know, doesn't alienate you or push people away from
0: you? So right. that's one of the red flags I look for. Yeah. yeah. Well, I just the anger and like the, I don't know, kids that you can just see that their coping skills are not great. I mean, and also, we're in elementary school, we're still learning coping skills. And I think that is one thing to hit huge on in elementary school is, all right, how do we cope with anger? How do we cope with anxiety? How do we co- cope with frustration? Mm-hmm. Um, how do we handle those emotions? Because right now, I feel like a lot of times, so, okay, sometimes us as adults, we're really bad at this. We don't show our emotions to our kids, except when we, you know, are human and make mistakes. And so a lot of times, let's say, like I've seen a parent who loses their crap at another adult and is willing to lose their crap at another adult. You know, when they, they slip up and they, they, they lose control of their emotions and they yell at somebody. But then they go off in private to apologize. Then they go off in private to make amends and make things right. And like as adults, if you're willing to model anger behavior towards another adult in public in front of your kids, you also need to be willing to model how to make it right in front of your kids. That's a good point. Yeah.
2: Well, and being an example, we talk about empathy and being an example of empathy. Um I think another there's so many reasons why students bully Oh yeah. Another oh, yeah. reason why they bully is we all have this need for power. We all want to feel important. Yes. And so they're meeting that need for power in an inappropriate way. Mm-hmm. And and they're able to do that because there is a power imbalance. And so they do feel mighty when they're able to bully and put someone down and be able to control their the other person's emotions. So a lot of what I teach the students is you have 100% control over you.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: You don't want to hand your power away. And if someone's trying to take your power away and you're not able to stop it through the bullying, you know, so we talk about reporting, but we also talk about how can we meet our need for power in an appropriate way. Mm, And we talk about service and kindness. One fun thing that I started doing just this year is I have a window um, to my office that's to the side of the door. And I got um, a magnet holder for dry erase markers, and the students can go and write kind thoughts um, to each other. And then when the window gets full, I erase it, and they they write again and just the other day someone had written be a buddy not a bully
0: <laughs> i love that and kindness that. starts that. with you
2: and things like that i just love to see what they write be nice that's that's one they put a lot because that one's easy but <laughs> but every once in a while you'll get a really good saying like be a buddy not a bully
0: Man, and that's, that's been awesome.
2: fun but it's a way for them to share with each other and send a kind message to one another that's mm-hmm.
0: profound that is really profound mm-hmm. well
2: i i I got that from somebody that presented at the rural schools conference. <laughs>
0: wow! Well, <laughs> so, well, that's what we're all about—is
2: yeah, sharing and stealing ideas, and it's great, I think. Yeah. One thing I
1: think also with kids is, oftentimes when they come to school and they are, you know, um, trying to get power over their kids, oftentimes they don't have power at home. Yeah. And so you'll see them, you know, this is a way that they you know dump off some of those emotions and stress but just that whole emotional control is not something that we're automatically born with we all have to work on emotional control oh yeah so when I'm teaching my kids at school I always teach them about you know your IQ is your school smarts but your EQ your emotional intelligence is your people smarts which is how do you control your emotions and you know, how do you relate to people? And so like Elise said, just teaching all those basic skills sets them up for success later in their life.
0: And oh, oh, yeah, like 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 their whole life. Um, So I I listen to this guy called Gary V. Uh, He he has lots of fun podcasts on business and different things anyway. um, But him and other business owners, they talk about how they are more willing to fire somebody with a low EQ rather than a low IQ that they will take someone who has a high EQ and high empathy and high kindness. They will rather hire that person over someone and, and have their talent be mediocre than someone who's a jerk, but they're a stud and they're great at what they do. Did like you know, The research actually backs that. Yeah. When yeah. It comes to IQ and EQ EQ
1: will, will overpower every time because those people skills are so
0: powerful in all aspects of life so i love that you said that yeah so like teaching empathy as early as possible is going to set our kids up for success and also probably be the most actionable preventative thing that we can do to eliminate bullying culture from our schools and then the up comes the issue of, okay, like, no matter what, though, there's going to be unkind kids, right? There's always going to be opposition in all things. No matter how good our school culture is, there's always going to be someone who's hurting, someone who feels small, and they want to, they, they want to feel big, so they're going to make other people feel small. And so how to, how to help other people to stomp out bullying instead of us adults having to do it every single time? Like teaching kids to be upstanders. If they see something happening, not having the fear of retaliation, but having the courage to know that they have the strength in numbers, that they'll be backed up by their peers, having that mindset of, "No, I can say something," and people will listen. I think that's really important, too.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, and I teach that. Oh, go ahead, Gina. No,. go. I was just going to say, we definitely teach the upstander thing, and that the bystander or the upstander is the person with the power. Mm-hmm. the bully and the victim do not have the same amount of power as the upstander does so or the mm-hmm. bystander, yeah
2: and we cover that if you're just if you don't do anything even if you're feeling bad for the person that's being bullied the bully thinks you're on their side and so does the person that's being bullied yep. and so we we um we've chosen to use the word ally whether it's upstander or mm-hmm. ally just because they have a program in the middle school and they were using the term ally and we wanted to be Um, cohesive through the different levels. So we talk about being an ally. I love to role play in the class. The student, we have (laughs) scenarios, the students are the ally. And then we always have myself and the teacher be the victim and the bully. Mm -hmm. So the students aren't modeling that, but um, it's fun to do those role plays and give them examples and show them that um, if you don't feel safe, Confronting the bully, there are other ways to support the person who is being bullied. Right, like invite, hey, come over here and play with us. Or mm-hmm. after, you know, say somebody is told that their coat is ugly. Afterwards, going up to them and saying, "I really like your coat," mm-hmm. and or getting the adult, or yeah. Mm-hmm, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's there's many ways that they can be an upstander or an ally without having to put themselves in danger. But if they do feel safe confronting the bully, then confront the bully.
0: Go for it, 100%. I think having student allies is one of the most powerful things schools can have for both sides, for a bully victim and for someone who is being a bully. Let's say your elementary school has a Hope Squad and you'd know about some situations with bullying that are going on. And it's not a popular bully because we have our popular bullies and our unpopular bullies. Right. And especially if it's an unpopular bully, like, Hey, so-and-so really needs a friend. They're really struggling. Mm-hmm. And unbeknownst to the hope squad people, like, you know, this dude's actually a really pretty bad bully, but he just needs a friend. Mm-hmm. Like they just need support. They need support just as much as those other kids do. Like it's, it, when, when the students can support the students, That's when we see change, I feel like. Yeah, Yeah. mentoring is powerful for sure.
2: And I I tell the the students, who sees the bullying behavior? Who's more likely to see it? The students or the teachers? The students think it's the teachers. So letting them know that, hey, bullies, they're smart. They know not to use that behavior in front of a teacher because we'll stop it. We'll do something about it. So they're going to be sneaky. So you actually have more power to help stop that. Than we do, but we've got to all work together. And that's another thing is teaching the kids how to report. Yes, because if they if they come in from recess, the teacher's trying to get the class settled down, and the student says, "So and so was mean at recess." That doesn't give the teacher enough information. So teaching the students how to report, when to report, who to report to, those things are all important.
0: Yeah. Oh, man, guys, this has been so fun. This is a conversation I am passionate about. And so this is this has been a really fun discussion. Um, Before we wrap up any closing or any tips or bits of advice you have for counselors that might be struggling with with bullying at, at any level.
2: There's one thing I've done over the years is I've talked about sometimes I'll have a cookies with the counselor where the parents can come. And so I've covered how they can help their student handle bullying situations and also adding in teaching your children empathy
1: Mm -hmm. and And i've got a
2: best practice parenting tip similar to that that talks about bullying
1: oftentimes when a kid comes home and reports bullying to a parent a parent um reacts very emotionally to that yeah they and so in my best practice parenting tip it just talks about you know not reacting emotionally but teaching them how to stand up to that and what they can do instead empowering them to handle that instead of you know when they see you react all emotional and upset then they feel powerless and the truth is we don't want them to feel powerless we want them to always know they can do something about their situations in life no matter what they are Mm -hmm. and so i love what Elise said is just helping parents understand that too because Um, Bullying brings out a lot of emotions in people, especially if it's their kids. So, handling that appropriately,
0: I think, is a critical part of helping kids learn. Yeah, counselors, parents, whoever's listening, you are the model for better or for worse. Yeah. So, any any opportunity you have for correction or a teaching moment is an opportunity for you to teach them empathy, even when you're handling a bullying situation where your perfect little angel is getting picked on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I laugh when I saw a meme, when the school counselor is telling a parent that their kid did something. It's like, oh no, my little Tommy is an angel. So was Lucifer, sorry. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Okay, I got a good kick out of that. Well, thank you guys so much. This is an amazing conversation. And thank you guys for listening to this month's segment of Starting Little, Ending Big. Hope you all have a fantastic day and we'll see you on the next one. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of The Sounding Board. Email the sounding board at utschoolcounselor.org to send us your questions and ideas. If you like our podcast, please rate and review our show. It helps other school counselors to find us. Links and additional information for any references from today's episode are in our show notes. Check out our website at utschoolcounselor.org where you can listen to past podcast episodes, register for any of our professional development opportunities, and become a member of the Utah School Counselors Association. USCA members also receive a bi monthly newsletter to stay up to date on current utah school counseling news events and issues you can follow us on facebook and instagram at utah school counselor and on twitter at yuska tweets the mission of the utah school counselors association is to support professional school counselors in their work for students through advocacy professional development recognition and support this podcast would not be possible without the support of our members we'll have more ideas to share with you next week let's go